In the heart of the state of the art, at the dawn of the next stage in entertainment, you found no proscenium. You have indeed found No Proscenium, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson. This week on the show, it's a special spooky season edition of No Pro. We're kicking off our coverage with a visit to The Ghost Light, the new venue in Hollywood that will play host to the return of Creep Los Angeles this year. We talk with John Braver, creator of Delusion, about this year's edition in Southern California, Reaper's Remorse, the first Delusion being executive produced by 13th Floor Entertainment. And we're checking in with our Haunt Club, a collection of some of our favorite people to talk immersive with who live for spooky season. But first, headlines. Hello, this is Catherine Yu, executive editor of No Presidium, and here's what's in your immersive headlines for September 3rd. A video game theme park in Asia, but one that isn't run by Nintendo. The world's first zero-gravity VR movie set. A popular reality show editing puzzles for home viewers, and so much more. The video game giant Ubisoft says it's not giving up on its theme park dreams. A recent update from the makers of franchises like Assassin's Creed and Far Cry has some new information regarding a Ubisoft theme park in Malaysia, which was first announced in 2015. The company has now teamed up with Storyland Studios, a firm which has previously worked with Universal Studios, Legoland, Lucasfilm, and more. More details about a full-scale Ubisoft theme park and a two-to-three-hour indoor attraction are expected to be announced at the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions Expo this coming November. And if you're a fan of exploration in space, you've probably heard of Felix and Paul Studios' Space Explorers, the ISS Experience Series, where you can see what it's like to visit the International Space Station through a 360-degree film in VR. Well, the team has now started filming outside the ISS using a customized virtual reality, quote, outer space camera, end quote, which is attached to a robot arm that functions as a crane on the world's first zero-gravity movie set. And look for this footage to be a part of the upcoming episodes 3 and 4 of Space Explorers The ISS Experience, produced by Felix and Paul Studios in association with Time Studios. Episodes 1 and 2 are already available. Immersive theater company Punchdrunk have dropped a teaser on their social media accounts for their next upcoming show in London, posting a photo of the infamous mask from Sleep No More with the caption, London 2022. Details are scarce on what exactly the new show will be or be about, But the company has placed a number of intriguing job listings on their website, as well as a call for performers with strong singing ability. The popular TV show Survivor starts its 41st season in a few weeks here in the United States. This reality TV series places a group of strangers in an isolated location and then forces them to survive against the elements while also participating in physical challenges and mental challenges like puzzle solving. And the new season is going to start with a twist for at-home audiences. For the first time, each week's episode will apparently feature a hidden puzzle that fans can spot and solve from their couches. While this won't change the outcome of the game, it will allow viewers to play along somewhat for the first time. And a big shout out to Kent By and the Voices of VR Podcast for hitting their 1,000th episode. For episode number 1,000, Kent has put together, quote, a special three-hour retrospective featuring 100 of the best answers I've received about the ultimate potential of VR over the past seven years, end quote. Congratulations once again, Kent. 
And these have been your immersive headlines. And now, our top story. Just off the corner of Santa Monica and Vine in Hollywood stands a one-story black box that is well-known to the L.A. theater scene, The Three Clubs. She was, like many businesses, closed for like 16 months. That's Justin Fix, the founder of Creep Los Angeles and Just Fix It Productions. And so we have just been dusting it off and getting her ready and getting her all shined up. Shined up is an understatement. While the three clubs has seen countless Hollywood fringe productions, musical acts, and cabaret shows, JFI is transforming the space into what they aim to be a permanent, immersive-ready venue. So the three clubs is here to stay, but hopefully the launch and the tease of the Ghost Light, um, which is the performance venue that we really hope to kind of put on the map here, right off Theater Row, right here in Hollywood, California. And to kick it all off, Justin and company are getting back to basics. Creep LA, baby. We're back. We said we'd never do it again, but (laughs) we had a whole year off and we were all able to rest up and we were ready to kind of shine it up and do it right. And I have to say, this is the biggest, most epic show we've ever done. Let's go. Let's go take the walk. For those who know the three clubs, the step past the bar into the performance space is a shock to the system. All right. I almost, I almost don't want to spoil, like, as someone who's been, like, in this space before. You don't even know where the walls begin, right? Like, we really, this, the three clubs had, like, this really epic casino carpeting that ran throughout the whole property. And so we laid a whole stage and we painted all the walls black. And so we hope it's, we hope it's that wow moment for people who know this venue so well. We hope it's the ultimate surprise. In the span of a footstep, I'm no longer inside, but outside, in what could be a quaint village or a knot somewhere in space-time. Yeah, so, I don't know, being in a pandemic, Noah, we wanted to bring the outdoors in. We thought everyone had been in their damn house, so we were like, how can we kind of bring it, bring the indoors, or the outdoors indoors? Um, and so you're standing inside of a, kind of a courtyard, like, a, a really big courtyard, like huge courtyard from I, I mean I, I think I see four exterior facades right now um the the level of scenic here is like above and beyond anything you guys have have pursued before nuts Elizabeth Jarrett yeah. you're doing a really good job um, my name is Elizabeth Jarrett and I am a scenic designer um, I'm the scenic designer for creep 2021 and I also designed uh, the nest with Scout um, Expedition Company. Aren't you? Aren't you like usually like in like Georgia? Yeah, in Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta, but I travel. I travel a lot for work, like here, often. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are just there, we, there's somewhat of an immersive world in Atlanta that we definitely like have some people who are creating um, and doing work, and I'm producing stuff down there, but. Um, yeah, I often come here to like make big stuff like this and get to play in kind of a different space, and um, it's really fun. Elizabeth isn't the only expansion to the team for this year's Creep. We'll meet another in a moment. The 2021 show, as Justin describes it, is aiming to be an amalgamation of what's come before. And we're really combining our favorite elements of all that like narrative storytelling and we're blending it all into one. So like in 2016 entry, like people loved our lounge. Well, like 
now we're taking over we're doing a full three of clubs takeover so like when this show goes up the three of clubs is only private so you can only enter the three of clubs if you have a ticket so that's a your that's your whole pre-show so your world starts there your 30 to 45 minute world your introduction to the space and then you kind of run over into this courtyard space which feels more like kind of open world exploratory but before you are then like pulsed into like our true haunted house no we're going back to like year one creep la like we've under we understand story so well and we have incredible performers we have incredible artists along our team and then we were like at the end of the day what do guests want for halloween they just want to be scared and so we're giving you all the story in the front and we're giving you all the scare in the back let's go to the back okay Oh, oh you, uh, are you okay? Man down. <laughs> Watch yourself right here now. All right. So this uh, I, will, I will try not to. So like. Please ignore the theater kids stumbling through the dark. We're fine. We live for this. We paint, you know, we've painted it all black. It's the first time that we've had black walls, you know, before we've been in gallery spaces that we're not able to even paint walls. And so we have so much control right now, Noah, like. Let's go I don't, I don't, Let's I don't go think I've ever seen you so excited about anything in the six years I've known you. I've never been like I've never been so excited. I like I really am like like are you kidding me? Like look at this look at this hallway. Like are you ready to get here? I hope you're not scared, Noah. No. I hope you're not scared. <laughs> We're walking in the dark. We're literally watching in the pitch dark. <laughs> I promise you'll be okay. The only, the only thing is I try to like make sure I get your your voice. <laughs> Oh, wowzers. Isn't this cool? Jesus. I know. There's a cord here just to watch. Okay, I'll watch, my, I'll watch my footing. Wowzer, Bowser. Like, I'm not going to say what I'm looking at because I don't want to spoil it for people, but like. Majestic. Holy. Magical, I mean, right? Yeah. This year, like, it is scary, but like, I think we wanted, we wanted people to escape. People have been living in like hell <laughs> over the like literally the last couple months and like we wanted people if they're gonna go out we wanted people to go elsewhere feel transported to another time and so it is like creep this year is like it's like an acid trip it's it's literally unlike anything we've ever done my god the back half of the show takes us through parts of the space i never knew were there in the 10 years i've been coming to the three clubs Around one corner, we find another new addition to the 2021 team. I am Aurora Persichetti, the haunter queen. Aurora is bringing a new dimension to this year's show. I've been um, doing home haunts for like probably the past five years. I started like Murder House Productions. (laughs) We've just done like fun little pop-up kind of storybook haunts, like 10 minutes very much like Halloween Horror Nights. Um, But yeah, we're implementing like all the kind of like triggered scare effects into this specific experience. Actually, like this scene we're standing in right now is like super like scare effects heavy. So it's this, it is, yeah. This is like fog blasting in your face, loud noises, like sensory haunt stuff. Like that's sort of what I've specialized in, I guess, is like, really just like the timed sounds with the lights that create that like theater in the scare of it you know and just support like the actors and the sets and everything 
I ask her what her favorite part of this year's creep is going to be. Uh, the elevator. <laughs> Literally. Like, there's a lot, but let me just pick, like, there's an elevator part in this. And I'm just, yeah, the elevator. The elevators are my everything because of the Tower of Terror. And the Tower of Terror is my favorite thing. It is here I will note that the Three Clubs is a one-story building. Mysteries abound. Like so many immersive horror attractions in Southern California, Creep Los Angeles has developed a loyal following, one that has even garnered the attention of celebrities. It's not unusual to see an Anna Kendrick or a John Legend stepping in or out of the sexy, spooky, scary world the company makes. But while Hollywood glitz might be part of the package, Anyone who has worked on a set knows that glamour starts with an undercoat of sweat. I don't, I don't, are you sure it's going in here? That's what she said. Okay, cool. Okay. Oh, Oof. Okay, oh, now I'm going to have to turn it around. Oh my God. Are you kidding? Uh, let's well, set your end down, yeah. This is the glamorous side. You definitely would never hire us as a moving company, that's for sure. <laughs> the people's shit would be destroyed. Helping Justin move that couch was his husband, J.T. Swerchik, co-founder of JFI Productions, who articulates the big picture of the Ghostlight venue for us. We'll get it up and ready, and we'll put on a show, and we'll do some great things, but when we invite other people to come in here and also do that, and audiences will just constantly know that the ghost light at three clubs is producing great work no matter whose it is i think that's what's kind of special and hopefully this will live on for years and years and years and years and years and be the space that everyone knows the artists come to play come to see a great show come have a great cocktail and never know what's playing you know at the time just keep checking in to see what's playing at any particular time it's the kind of space the immersive scene in la has been waiting for but it does come at a difficult time the events industry is reeling from the ever-changing nature of the pandemic. Yet the three clubs has been haunting this part of Hollywood for three decades. And with a little help from the spirits, the ghost light might just be around for the decades to come. Tickets for this year's Creep LA go on sale September 15th. Yeah. We get so, we get so, we get like so, like we had this whole place cleared out to paint the floors today. Oh and then God, we yeah. just like, shit, how am I going to do that? I don't know. If you want to catch tickets to Creep, visit creepla.com. We'll drop more of our walkthrough of the venue after the show is up and running in our Patreon backer exclusive feed. Get access to that at patreon.com slash no proscenium. Hi, this is Kevin Gossett, the LA Reviews Editor for No Persinium. You've reached the part of the show where we introduce the pick of the week. You can think of this as both a companion piece to both the Review Crew podcast, which you can find just one spot back in your podcast feed, and the weekly review rundown, which you can find on our site. This week, the pick of the week is brought to us by... Hi, everyone. It's Patrick McLean, the Chicago Curator. Um, and Patrick, what's the pick of the week this week? This week's pick is BRCVR, an official virtual Burning Man experience as produced by Doug Jacobson and Athena Demos. Uh, it's currently available to anyone. This is a free experience as all is required is a Microsoft account when logging into Altspace VR, which 
to be very clear, you do not need a VR headset. This is something that can be experienced from your desktop, and it is currently uh, running through September 7th. And Patrick, what makes this the pick of the week? What I think makes this pick of the week was what I briefly touched on is that this is available to anyone. If you have a, a, a computer, whether that's a laptop or a desktop, uh, you can simply sign into Altspace VR and you can be wandering the digital dust as quickly as you can say Burning Man. It is a really cool experience to either do by yourself or with a group of people, because what I think is really cool is that you're able to wander around and really take part in the Burning Man experience without actually being there. There is a lot of cool digitally created artwork, whether that's photography that has been uploaded, whether that is, you know, metallic or wooden structures that really have a wonderful sense of size and scope. Uh, that you know require you to even like look up to admire but then i think it's a really great place to simply wander around and explore and get the most of what the digital frontier has to offer in that sense because even when i'm logging on into the hub world you could just hear a, a cacophony of different voices both you know english speakers and those who are not have clearly made the pilgrimage to this digital frontier to experience burning man as best they can here. And I think it's really wonderful that there's also all of these cool hub worlds. And what I mean by that is that there are places throughout uh, the virtual experience where you can step into like a, a blue little hub and you're transported to a specifically built environment that allows people to play around with and engage with certain things or simply wander around and just experience whether it's a digital recreation of something from Burning Man or whether it's something that you couldn't do at Burning Man. Like a really cool experiences I've done is I've gone to the Eiffel Tower. I've gone to Stonehenge. I've wandered through a house of playing cards. There are so many cool ideas and worlds that digitally capture the essence of burning man and i think that's a really cool concept and there's so much to do whether you're by yourself as i said exploring or with your group of people and you can interact and have a great time thanks patrick of course thank you you can tune in to the review crew on wednesdays at 5 p.m pacific in the discord or like we said at the top in this very podcast feed joined by the creator of delusion john braver hey john it's been a while since we've had a chance to talk um, i'm glad you're alive and so am i yes i think that's uh <laughs> that is very apt these days um yes. so for those who are listening from outside the southland or maybe some of our friends in the xr world in a nutshell what is delusion which is so beloved here in southern california well, delusion, I would say, is uh, it's for my for personally, it's it's this passion project that just will never die, and for the for you, the audience, uh, it is a an immersive interactive play where you partake in the story. You I write you into the story where you have to perform certain actions 
as you move through a very unique venue, such as an old church or a home, uh, a mansion, um, uh, an old theater. Uh, I write site-specific stories that uh, are all scored, have professional actors, stunt people, creature effects. Uh, you're really living inside of a fantastical, otherworldly story. And there's nothing quite like it. It, it sort of lingers in your mind for years. Uh, many delusionals, as we call them, come back multiple times because there are branching narratives within within the story as well, too. So it's uh, think of it as like a really special choose, choose your own adventure, but live action adventure. Uh, this year's show is more in the horror vein, and that's that's where most of our our world has been. But in a nutshell, Delusion is a an immersive moving play. You don't sit and watch it. You move through the story. There are a few pieces of immersive theater that I think are more cinematic than delusion just from from my own experience it always feels like you've stepped into a movie set uh that is that is seamless so it's it's always incredibly impressive uh this this year's edition what's this year's edition called again it's called delusion reaper's remorse reaper's remorse all right we're gonna get into like that we're gonna get into that uh a little bit more in a moment uh I know you keep notebooks of stories and story ideas. So I was wondering, what are you chasing when you set out to tell a delusion tale? Uh, I'm probably chasing myself. That's more of a psychological question. A little bit. <laughs> we want to get it introspective about it, but um, <laughs> this isn't therapy. We'll do that later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so when exactly. he's Crimson Queen, uh, were you him? Or yeah. are you Crimson Queen? So, uh, well, yeah. actually, it's like you know that's interesting because you've been to the shows in the past, and what am I chasing? Like, there, there's some truth to what I say. Actually, like his Crimson Queen, not to get all dark, but uh, you know, it was a year after my mother passed away, and I was just angry, and I wanted to do a show that was just punishing, <laughs> but not to the audience, but more to like it was just a dark, brooding story, and um, I just had this I had that feeling uh, to do it. So each year, it depends on how I feel. Really, it's uh, I'm a, I'm a quite the moody person apparently, but. What I'm what I'm chasing is really the adventure. Uh, every show that I'm doing, I'm it's it's a perpetual effort to retain childlike wonder. That's really what I'm doing every year. I feel adulthood and uh, just con- and I've been an adult for quite some time now. But the the more um, not so much the debilitating side of, of adulthood, but more the, the boring, the, the, the mundaneness of it. Uh, it settles in from time to time. And with these shows, I'm able to bring, bring back that feeling, not from just myself, but all the people that have come to the shows in the past. So it, at the end of the day, it really comes down to a, a fun adventure, whether it be in the vein of sci-fi action adventure or ho- horror. Uh, it, it's, Nothing brings people closer together than, you know, a horrific experience. So that's where we've kind of lived in the horror realm. Um, but I'm, I'm really chasing that, that adventure for every one of them. And, and, and especially this year, this year's show for me um, is more of a mission statement. It's to, to bring back people together, even, even though we're in this difficult situation, is to offer that escape and offer that, that, uh, that return to adolescence with uh with quite the engaging story so that's without getting into like years of therapy let's let's just leave it there (laughs) well let's 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 zero in on this year let's zero in on reaper's remorse what what is on tap for this year's edition of delusion because for for those you know we we hinted at a little bit but like 
over the years, you know, I mean, his Crimson Queen was like a hammer horror film come to life. And the blue blade was this time traveling adventure. Uh, What is it this time? Well, after blue blade, after that sci-fi adventure, I knew right away, even during the show, I knew that when we come back, um, you know, even if we come back, you know, we were, it was, it was tentative. Uh, I knew that I wanted to do a horror, a horror show and try to make it the most terrifying one I could, I could write. Um, why did I want to do that? I just felt like every other delusion fan, I, I felt like we needed to get back to our roots. I felt like we, we had to, we had to have that energy again. Uh, so like you said earlier, I have these stories, but they have to fit the venue. Um, I don't put a, you know, a, a triangular triangular block in a square hole it's it's got to fit properly so with reaper's remorse um it, it all came about when i ran across a a venue out in pomona i actually ran across it a couple years ago it's this beautiful second empire uh, mansion that reminded me of of some of the older delusions uh i felt it was a it was a it wasn't the right time for a show there uh in my life and it just stayed in the back of my head so i got reintroduced by it to a, from a location manager and, uh, last year, late last year. And after I saw it, um, something spoke to me about it, something about this place being a museum of different artifacts, uh, out in this, in this industrial complex surrounded by the world that's evolving all around it, but this thing still remains timeless. And, um, there's a train that passes behind it. Very haunting passes every three or four uh, every three or four times every hour and I was there at night and I was just staring at it and it was there was this woman that I could sense inside of this place she was uh, a collector of sorts collector of these artifacts that housed the souls of of people that weren't willing to let go of this world just yet and so um, that was something I was toying with in that storybook that I've had for a little while and it just fit right into this one um, so this this story Reaper's Remorses Remember, I mentioned about like I just wanted a punishing story. This this one's very tragic. <laughs> this one as well is, it's it's an incredibly tragic story, um, quite trippy uh, in many ways, uh, and it's it's definitely our return to form uh, in both tone, energy, action, um, inter- interaction as well too. We've upped the interactivity in this one as well too. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to, every one of these shows, it's like a movie for me. So, and you're the star. So, uh, this one, this one's, this one's horrifying, <laughs> but, but as I said before, fun and adventurous, but I've said this before as well, too. I, 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 I'm not setting out to terrify people, but this is just the story that needs to be told this year. We'll see what happens next year. Well, and you've, you've teamed up with 13th floor. Uh, who are who have a lot of haunted houses actually kind of across the West? Um, how's how's that relationship uh, come about? And 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 actually, what is what is what is their relationship to Delusion? Like, I know they're they're like, are they like now the executive producers or what's? I'm I'm confused is the wrong word, but like I'm yeah. I'm curious I'm curious what the structure is because I know Delusion is your baby. You, you said it yourself; it's a passion project that you just keep coming back to. And now you're also a creative director at Thirteenth Floor. So how does that all fit together? Yeah, it's it's interesting that this Delusion project, as anybody knows in in our world and the immersive world, um, this this whole industry is more of you know a hobby than it is an industry um, in certain respects, uh, perhaps. You know, some of the larger XR, VR um, outfits 
can sustain themselves with heavy financing and all that. But when it comes to when it comes to this type of theater, it's it's harder to sustain. So delusions squeaked by every year. Yes, we've sell out, you know, the runs, but um, it's been difficult to just sustain. Um, but there's much value in this type of entertainment, and you know, we've seen it with activations from large large entities, larger companies doing activations for marketing purposes. We uh, we see the 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 value in this um, and 13th floor sees it more than anybody I felt. And 13th, the Chris Stafford is a CEO over there. He's been a fan of delusion for, for many years. He's come to the show. I've ran across him uh, here or there, and we've always sort of teased each other about getting involved in some way um, professionally. Jesus. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so he, uh, <laughs> it's scanned. It's scanned. I didn't, I didn't take yeah. it the other way. I don't think anyone did. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I did. I you just, did, but my you mind know, is well, all over the place. Yeah. Um, so he, he uh, you know, they run these, these big haunted houses all across the country. And Delusion's not really a haunted house. It's, uh, you know, as I said, it's theater. And so, but he, he's, he's, he believes in it. He believes in the future of this type of entertainment that people will pay to see it, even if it's more higher ticket price, lower capacity event. So over time, it took him, it took him a while to kind of come around to it. But we decided, you know what? Why don't we start a new division within 13th Floor? And I'll, I'll I'll help run it. I'll, I'll lead the way on this new immersive uh, industry. So that's that's sort of my title with them as director of immersive entertainment. And delusion is the perfect um, you know uh, launch title for this for this department. And this is just one of many things we're going to be doing. So yes, delusion is my baby. It's a it's a brand, but um, there will be lots more to come within with other experiences as well too. While we continue the delusion uh, universe throughout both theater and other means. You know, I've been trying to get this going in film, uh, television, all that kind of stuff. And 13th floor just has an apparatus that believes in this. All their, all their people are like family to me at this point. So they've relieved an ungodly amount of stress from the previous shows in terms of producing and all that. And so to answer your question, yes, they are the executive producers of this show. Uh, they finance the show. Um, I'm, I'm with them now on a contract and uh, it's, it's, I feel that we've pressed the reset button on delusion that we've, after 10 years, you know, we started this in 2011 when there was no immersive theater. Uh, well, I can't say no, but there was, it was very few. Um, and I think, you know, we put in the years on this thing and I feel that we finally kind of hit this place where we have the backing to turn this into something more than just a hobby. 10 years in and and this is going to be a spooky season unlike any other. So how are you yeah. how are you tackling the logistical curveballs because they they keep on coming? <laughs> yeah. Well, I have other people to tackle the logistical curveballs. Now, um I you know that that's I'll answer that in a few ways. That is something that Chris and I have had many talks about. He's like we're bringing you on for you to focus on what you do best, you know, write and direct these shows. Um and so don't worry about anything else. And so that, that's, that's where my head's been. But I've been traumatized by being a producer on my shows for many years. So I do stick my head in many different places when it comes to logistics. But that said, uh, yes, the logistical hurdles include everything that anybody who's put up a theatrical production have encountered. It's the same stuff with us. You know, everything from venue to even budget, you know, budget. Yes, they have the financial backing, but budget's always an issue. Um, we have to 
prove ourselves this year with them as well too, because we're not getting thousands of people through every night, like one of their haunted houses. Um, but yeah, logistically speaking, it's, 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 it, a lot of it depends on that foundational issue of the venue. So we found what I believe to be the best delusion venue yet for many, many reasons, not just story, which is our, you know, which is what we're known for, but it's logistically speaking, it's the location. We have no neighbors, no parking issues, no permit issues. It's, we've relieved ourselves of some of the stresses, the major stresses from previous years to be able to focus more on the creative. And that's, that's how it needs to be, you know, that, or you, you build a show in a stage where everything is self-contained. You know, I, I want to focus on, on avoiding places that, you know, I know has, have caused us, caused us stress in the past. So I will say the logistical challenges are fewer than previous years. All right. Reaper's Remorse kicks off when again? It's September. Oh my, way too soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man. This is, it, it opens September 16th. It's our first weekend. 16 days away when we're recording this. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, man, it's crazy. So, yeah, we're in the middle of this. Uh, well, not in the middle of the build. Uh, things are coming along a little bit faster now. Everybody's in a frantic pace to get this thing up and running. Uh, but, you know, like all theater, there's opening weekends, there's preview weekends. So, be gentle, people. <laughs> we'll do our best to. Um, to provide an incredible experience. And I, 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 I've, I will say I've sort of never been this excited about a delusion show. I feel like this is a big, I'd say comeback for us. Um, I, we want to really put that stamp that get that brand of delusion out there. And it's something we haven't been able to do in the past just because of, you know, marketing departments and all that. So now with 13th floor, we can, you know, we can put it out there and start getting lots of, you know, lots of new fans as well as appease the old ones, not saying you're old, but you know, the, the veterans. Now that sounds old too. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> well, John, I know everyone's. <laughs> I know. I know everyone's really glad the show is back this year for all kinds of reasons. So, uh, well, thank you. We're, we're all looking forward to it, and and I'm sure that uh, it's going to be a blast. Oh, it is. Yeah, we we've we've t- we're doing something you know new this year as well with the the open world format. You know that that's part of this whole process is creating a new format that's both open world and narrative. And I feel that's, that's sort of the future of where we're going with this type of entertainment to be able to bring in more people, but still retain that intimate narrative structure. So yeah, I, I can't wait to have everybody out there. If you haven't been, you've got to head out. You got to grab tickets because they're almost all gone at enterdelusion.com. A little plug there. I had to throw that in. Absolutely. All right. John Braver. Thank you so much for joining us on the pod. Thanks Noah. It's fun. often get our friends from around the Immersiverse to come in and talk 101, but because this is the spooky season spectacular, I wanted to bring in some of my favorite people to talk about Immersive with who absolutely love the haunt world. So we're going to call this Haunt Club, and I've got three special guests for this segment, starting out with Juliet. Hello. Hey, I am Juliet Bennett-Ryla, and I am a senior writer at The Hustle. All right. Also joining us is Jeff. 
Hello, I am Jeff Heimbuck, and I am the immersive haunt writer for Horror Buzz. And then from Team No Pro, we have our New England correspondent. Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say my name, but that's just, that's all I get now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm Leah Davis. I am No Pro's New England correspondent. Let's start, Leah, let's start actually with you. So you did something wild over the summer, and I kind of wanted to 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 because it's also kind of affected how you're looking at all this stuff these days so Mm -hmm. bring Mm -hmm. it bring it you know my summer was pretty chill i went and uh did some housework that was mostly it no big deal um but i also (laughs) went to castle of chaos's uh crucible extreme haunt uh i recommend googling that right now if you're listening to this podcast um it was my first extreme haunt and I got together with a few other people who were interested in checking it out and road tripped from LA to Salt Lake City and put myself at the mercy of these insane people in a basement um, in a strange building for eight plus hours. Um, how do you even describe this sort of thing? Have any of you guys done an extreme haunt before? Not for eight plus hours, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, not quite that long. Um, I was really into it mostly. So, so I've got to tell you, this is not the kind of thing that appeals to me usually, but the way that this was positioned was um, as a psychiatric hospital where the doctors just wanted to make you better. And there was a lot of personalization ahead of time. So there were lots of intake questionnaires and lots of like detailed conversations about the things that really terrified you. Uh, And I went into this just like, so amped up to have somebody pushing my specific buttons. Um, The way that it works is you can choose a level seven through 10 and each level. (laughs) Our level of spice. If you want level six spice, just don't even bother coming. Uh, It's just, I don't know, like go to your local church and go to their haunt. You know, that's exactly it though, because Castle of Chaos is just in, in, I'm going to say in quotation marks, a normal haunted house, but they're a normal haunt um, that advertises itself as a level five haunt. So it's extreme. It's the most extreme thing that you could just like walk into. Okay. Okay. I dig, <laughs> I I dig, what... I dig now. So there's a level five and then a level six that they also offer. Well, that that's a mystery. There's no level six. Nobody there's knows no where it is. Six? Okay. Mm-hmm. Where's, where's the mystery? But All right. You choose seven through 10 and at level seven, the very lowest level, um, they won't uh hurt hurt you they won't like slap you um they won't force you to ingest anything um, they will strongly suggest that you take part in the activities and you don't um there's no level to drop down to so if you decide to say a safe word essentially you're you're out and you will leave the group it goes all the way up to level 10 where you go in without a safe word they might shave your head they they will definitely force you to eat things um and it's, it's pretty intense. Um, most people who go into the tent don't end up making it through the night. Um, what I liked about this, though, was that this stuff all sounded insane, but there were a lot of safety measures in place, um, at least on, on paper. So I felt really good going into it. Um, I went in at a nine for my first extreme haunt. I'm very proud of that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm not going to spoil the kind of stuff that went on, but I made it the full eight hours, 20 or so people went in, six came out at the end. Um, It was my group and a group of Latter-day Saint teenagers. So 
<laughs> make of that what you will. So what I'm hearing got got nothing on got nothing on the Church of Latter Day Saints. That makes sense. This just keeps what, getting better and better. I'm not gonna lie. I want to yeah. do this now. Two of the six people who came out were two of those um, LDS kids. So oh my gosh. They, they were great. Um, but one thing that I was disappointed about, and I hate to say this because I spent such a long time looking forward to this, and ultimately I'm really glad that I did it. It was not nearly as personalized as I'd hoped. And it was also, while it was psychological, it was psychological in a... Um, an exertion kind of way it was like an endurance test right instead of like really pulling at my psychological fears um that's that's sort of like the vibe i've always gotten off what's been called extreme haunts is that it's like more like hey what if you did fear factor for six hours straight right and you know it's somewhere between psychological and fear factor but there are definitely fear factor moments in there um and you know what? It's cool. I'm glad. I do recommend it if this is your thing. Um, but this season, because of this crucible experience, I think I'm going to be searching for more ambience. Um, spooky over scary. Like I, I, I want to activate my fear of the unknown. That's my big, my big goal this year. I don't want to pee my pants because a clown jumped out at me. Okay, that gives us kind of a good broad prompt. So uh, <laughs> now that we've, we've gotten into something like there was like yes, I have peed my pants because pants. the clown jumped out at me. No, That's what you're asking, Jeff, right? No, Jeff, I'm not asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pants, oh, okay. no. not, sorry, read the room wrong. Apologies. <laughs> what the question is? I love it. We're we're in it. Uh, the question is, um, what what are what are you looking for? So Jeff, how about over to you? Like you know, so Leah just Leah did the thing. Peter pants because of clowns jumping out or whatever uh you know like did did the fear factor thing and now and now wants the spooky and the spoopy uh what when when spooky season comes along when haunt season comes along what is it that you're chasing um i i think i am legitimately chasing the the jump out and scare me so badly that i do pee my pants um okay and i think that's mostly because having done a lot of like quote-unquote extreme haunts over the years I think I've finally come to the point where like, I've realized that's not really for me. It's not really my thing, you know, having someone slap me in the face and like bag me up. It's not really fun anymore. So I definitely want the, the spooky, scary jump out of you definitely makes you scream at the top of your lungs, which I've already gotten already this season. And I'm very happy about, but I'm very much looking forward to more. Oh, where'd you get it this season already? Uh, and this, went, for people who are outside of Los Angeles, they should know that like Halloween doesn't really end here. No. Like our Halloween season goes from October 31st to October 30th. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> very, very true. Um, and along those lines, just to prove that point, I went to Horror World last weekend, uh, which is in Rancho Cucamonga in this like very nondescript food court looking place. And by far and again maybe it's just because i've been you know craving this for the last two years because of the pandemic but i screamed so loud and so many times in this haunt that at the end of the 15 minutes i felt like i had ran a marathon because i was sweating my heart was beating and all it was was people jumping out at you so like that that's where i got it from ready i just want more of that Mm. juliet when you're when you're 
chasing the Han vibe? What are you after? Um, I think I'm looking for something in the middle. Uh, I'm not necessarily looking for an extreme haunt that's just an extreme haunt. I'm going to go to something like that. I really want it to have a story. Uh, and I'm not super excited for mazes. I just want like um, maybe something like Creep LA where, you know, you're going into a, a world and there's a story and there's characters to interact with. And it's spooky, but it's not necessarily dependent on things startling you. Like it's just a very unsettling atmosphere. I think that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, kind of like a little bit like there's there's some tension building up like there's the anticipation that something awful or just disturbing might be around the next corner but it's not necessarily like oh here's a guy in a ghost face mask popping out of like you know a black curtain mm-hmm. yeah like i, I went and saw it, yeah yeah i went and saw the night house last night and like it's very atmospheric. Like it's just like this woman alone in this lake house and you know, all these very subtle things are happening. And I was like, yeah, I would, I would do that. I would like that. Yeah. It's, it kind of reminds me of like when people go to like a place that's supposed to be haunted and just like spend the night. Like I haven't done that yet, but it's something that I, I think I've, I've always been terrified on some level of the idea of doing it, you know, and not, and not like with like a large group of people, like maybe with like one other person, just like a tiny, little group of people in a purportedly haunted place you know maybe something that's kitted out um jeff popping over to you for a second um and maybe let's get into some specifics uh for this particular season is there anything when it comes to the la side of things that is kind of on your radar you you said you just did horror world and 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 you kind of got your your scream fix what else what else is kind of on the approaching menu what are things that people who maybe you know want to pee their pants because a clown jumped out at them (laughs) what should they what should they be looking towards i mean if we're going like traditional haunt route for sure i would say not scary farm like hands down You, you can't go wrong with not scary farm because they always deliver on those types of scares but to also back up what juliet said like very much waiting for creep this year to get that nice atmosphere, that great story, but also some really good unsettling scares in there as well. Um, I think that's probably what I'm most anticipating at this point. Leah, for you out there on the East coast, uh, what should folks who are looking for some new England scares be, be eyeing? Well, can I ask an LA question first? Oh, sure. Please. Have any of you guys done delusion? Yes. I think we all have, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We totally all have. What's your what's your delusion related question? Uh, I've got tickets to go um, it, near the end of October. I'm just really looking forward to it. Where does this fall on the uh, spooky to jump scare scale? I, that's a hard question to answer, honestly, because it's they're always so different, different. Year to year. Yeah, I would think this one would be more scary than like the Blue Blade from three years ago, but I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, this one feels like it might have like like the jump scare isn't really like there are moments that are like, oh god, they're right behind me, aren't they? Like that's a delusion moment, right? Or ah, oh, do I really need to put my hand there? That's a delusion moment. Man, um, Noah, you just described literally my my like biggest fear is putting my hand somewhere I can't see. Yeah, they may they may pull that one on you. I mean, they always ask for volunteers, just so you know, 
right? Like, I mean, my favorite one was, you know, the first delusion I went to was um, His Crimson Queen, which is a vampire one. It was, it was specifically like Hammer vampire films. So it was just like, I was a kid in a candy shop. And um, there was a moment where like to get out of the room, someone had to let you had to, one of the members of the the group had to put their arm through a hole for an actor to feed off of. Right. You know, which they just like kind of got by your hand and went, nom, 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 nom. But, like <laughs> nobody would do it. It was like the funny, the group I was with, like they were all like reluctant to do anything to the point where like at the end of the, like at, like the, one of the climaxes of, of the show, you get down in the basement, there's this coffin there and it's clear we're supposed to open the coffin to like, you know, get the vampire out who's going to like you know, get to the next thing. And I'm like the last person in the room and everyone's just like staring at the coffin. And I'm just like, is no one going to open this? Will someone open this? Don't make me do it because I had done it because I wanted to so badly, but I didn't want to hog all the all the effects but i was really shocked like people were just like i don't want to do what if what if i get scared it's like, <laughs> like that's what you paid for like why are you not doing it but to be fair like with delusion when you do volunteer yourself to do these things chances are you're going to get taken away from the group so like i can understand people not wanting to like do a thing <laughs> yeah maybe they were all wiser than me uh and had been been to a delusion before and just knew like no but if i do it then i'm going to be separated from my friends but oh, i don't man. know See, okay, yeah. I have a confession then to make. I'm um I'm not a big haunted house person. I love spooky, I love scary, but haunted houses are not my thing. But I'm also really curious, so there's no way I'm not gonna be volunteering to get stolen by ghosts at this show. <laughs> oh, then you're gonna have a grand old time. It's <laughs> it's very narrative driven. Like, I mean, that's it's it's really each time it's like, you know, there's a movie and you're inside the movie. That's that's delusion in a nutshell. Yeah, my my dad is very much not like a, a haunt person or a scare person, so he was very reluctant the first time we took him, like six or seven years ago. And like now, every time they come out around Halloween, he's like, "Hey, we're gonna do delusion this year. Uh, well, can I volunteer for stuff this year? Like, what what are they gonna do this year? <laughs> like, so I I think delusion is one of those things that kind of tr- transcends like your typical immersive haunt per se, and it becomes something that everyone can enjoy. Hmm. Well, I'm really stoked about it. So thank you guys. I appreciate that. Um, so speaking of narrative driven, uh, the thing that I am most excited for this year is a LARP that I've had on my calendar uh, since 2019 that was canceled last year and is currently planning to go forward um, with vaccine checks this year. So you need to be vaccinated to come. Um, and the LARP is called The Haunting of Grey Manor. It's done by Reverie Studios. It's being held in a Masonic temple in Cambridge, Massachusetts in October. Um, and let's see here, I've got, a, I've got a blurb here that I'm just so excited about. Um, this is a LARP that will allow you to explore the world of the dead and cross over into it. You will portray a guest invited by a renowned psychic who will guide you into a notoriously haunted manner to discover the nature of its possession. And some of you will never leave. See, that's me. I don't want to leave. Right. Well, I, I've been working on my character. It's one of the things I really love about LARP is that people, the audience is as much of a co-creator as the creators. Um, the creators create the skeleton and then the audience becomes 
the muscle of the story in a way that um, sometimes does and sometimes doesn't happen, I think, in, in other immersive shows. Um, you're just necessary, right? So I've got this character that's been possessed by uh, a 1,000-year-old demon. I've got to make deals to get my magic to work. I'm going to be trying to kill people. I'm really stoked about it and trying to figure out how to make those mechanisms work for me. I I'm ready to hear more about this. Like when you come back from it, like I'm, I'm we need to have a conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to post pictures. My character's name is Madrigal Vey. If anyone likes has been hotel and modeling it after um, Alistair from has been hotel. Um, and if that means nothing to you, don't worry about it. <laughs> God, I admit the reference, but like completely passed me. Um, <laughs> Juliet, is there anything, is there anything uh, on, on your radar for this year? So far, the only two things I know I'm going to go to for sure, uh, definitely what Creep LA is doing, the ghost light. Um, and I also bought tickets to, I think it's just called House of Spirits. It's like a cocktail thing. Um, it's in my neighborhood. So I was like, hey, why not? Because I feel like I just kind of want to like sit around somewhere creepy and um, maybe not deal with crowds. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh it could come up closer to Halloween and then I decide I'm just going to go do everything. But so far house of spirits was just like, um, it's like you go to this house and there's different rooms and different characters. And then there's different drinks that you sample. Um, it's kind of got like, uh, I want to say it's like in 19th century French theme or something like that, where it's going to feel a little old and spooky. And then, yeah, I just, I've always really loved what Creep LA does and this year they're taking over a bar and um, that's always appealing to me. I just, I like to hang out in a spooky space, not be rushed through it. Um, so those are the two I'm most excited about right now. Well, and I think, you know, one of the things that Creep did a couple of years ago was they had that lounge. I think yes. it was perfect. I love that. And and we probably had it in the episode already because uh, we were supposed to have a piece about creeps. I think this probably made it in, but like the idea with the tickets this year is that only people who have tickets to the show will be able to access the bar. But then once you've gone through the show, you will be able to go back into the bar that night. So they're going for the full, you know, creep lounge vibe. Uh, and then also you know, let you hang out in the bar for the rest of the evening. And it's definitely hey. one of those things. Yeah. It's it's one of those things I think where in a non pandemic year, like it would be, it, it, it's just going to be interesting to see how things shake out. Like the, it's just a four week run. Um, they've, they've, I've seen like the, the set deck already and they've done such an incredible job. They've like, really taken a step beyond what they've done uh, visually in the past. So I'm very curious how it's going to hit um, in, in any other year. I think it'd be like just insanely, you know, instant sellout or at least instant sellout after like the first weekend, you know, uh, but we may get there anyway. Um, it's just sort of funky. Is, is that on anyone's mind? Like just like the way, this year is just messed up. <laughs> oh man, it, yeah. it really, it really is. Um, I'm, I'm looking for um, notes on any event that I go to. I, it either has to be outside or they have to have a note about handling vaccination cards or masks. Um, and if I don't see any information on a, an event, I just, I'm going to skip it, you know? Yeah, I'm like, 
less concerned about stuff like creep because I, you know, I know they'll handle it correctly. I'm more concerned about the theme park stuff. Like Knots is always a conga line going through the mazes. So I'm very curious to see how they handle that in our pandemic world. Not even not the post pandemic world, but the pandemic world that we're currently living in. Uh, and mm-hmm. see if that improves or if they have things in place. Because, I mean, if it if it doesn't look good that first night I go, then chances are I'm not going to go back again like I usually do throughout the rest of the season. I just have decided that I don't want to sit on public transit for an hour and a half to get to some place that hasn't even considered pedestrians exist. So that's really going to be my guiding light this year um i went up to a theme park area yesterday and it was just like they had no consideration for how you would leave if you hadn't driven there even though they have a pedestrian bridge and like a pedestrian tram and i was just like you know what it's not worth it to sit on a crowded bus or a train uh where no one even bothers wearing a mask to go to something that is gonna be i spend less time there than i'm going to spend in transit so yeah, I think I'm just going to do less stuff overall. I think that's one of the refrains right now. And it's it's definitely it's definitely weird cuz I'm I'm seeing some folks just like go through and go out and you know, people lined up at bars like there was there was everything was normal and there's other people I talked to who are just like, "Yep, getting everything by delivery, not going out. I'm basically in lockdown again." And it's it's just so it's so strange because I think at the beginning of summer when we booked this, it felt like it was like, well, here we go. Like we're going to get to have like something akin to a normal haunt season. And instead we're in this like limbo zone. You know what though, Noah, one of the things that's causing me to do is look outside of uh, the normal spooky season. Um, So I'm looking for creepy podcasts I can listen to while I walk around parks at night. (laughs) And uh, um, oh yes, ex- excuse me, mm-hmm. Jeff, go ahead. Sorry, there's something stuck in my throat. Um, may I recommend <laughs> something called Lighthouse? Two words. Oh it's yeah, re- it's What's really that? great. It's Jeff's podcast, but I just want to chime in and say it's actually it's it's really great. Jeff, <laughs> they like it's not just like oh Jeff's going to promote his thing. Like I love Jeff's podcasts. You are the okay, best, I'll- Juliet. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thank you for the recommendation, Jeff. I'm totally on it. I'm going to listen to that thing right after this. Hell yeah. Um, look, I'm writing it down. So um, the two things that I found that weren't podcasts uh, are Phantom and Fire at Old Sturbridge Village, which is up in Massachusetts. And it's a Old Sturbridge Village is a, a live history town. So people uh, do reenactments just of daily life of people in the 1800s. But in October, you can go there after um, after dark, and they do <laughs> recreations of the headless horseman running through running through town. So it's just like a creepy space to be. I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, there's also a Ghosts and Gravestones tour that's remarkably good up in Boston. And they're the only tour that will let you go into graveyards at night. Um, and I just learned today that they are also in. Key West, Savannah, St. Augustine, and San Diego. Oh, all right. Well, we'll have to have that. Uh, we'll, we'll get that up in the uh, Spooky Season Spectacular edition of the newsletter 
Well, I promised you guys I wouldn't eat up all of your night, so I'm going to let you go. But I do want to thank you all for for joining us to talk about uh, everyone's favorite season of the year. Yay, spooky time. Woo! I mean, boo. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> And that brings the end of our time this week together to a close. Before we go, I want to give a shout out to our latest Patreon backer, Thomas Meston. Uh, Thomas, it's always good to have you back in the mix. And I want to thank David Basuk for jumping up and becoming a sustaining backer of the show. We have more sustaining backers of what we do now than we have ever before. And that is very exciting. And there's plenty of work to be done. All right. Uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and check out experiencethenextstage.com to check out what's coming at the January Next Stage Summit in Pasadena that is coming up. We did a big round of announcements last week, and we've got some more announcements coming next week. And indeed, for those who held badges for our 2020 event, you're going to be able to secure streaming passes starting next week. All right. Um, we've got a banger of a show coming up next week. We have uh, Zach Morris and Tara O'Conn uh, from Return the Moon, which is presented by Third Rail Projects. We've also got, uh, <laughs> look at the thing right now, uh, Immersive 101 will be back. I just held it this week because I knew this week uh, time was going to be long. Um, we've got an amazing conversation with uh, Paul Zach, who is a neuroscientist who will be taking us into some of the science of immersion. That one we've had for some time and it's been waiting for the right moment. Uh, so uh, now I've committed to it. So <laughs> Paul, we're getting it on the show, I swear. Uh, and of course, headlines. And like I said, 101 will be back. And we've got a fun beat check lined up next week. So uh, come on back next week when we'll have even more. Let's do the credits. As I mentioned, the sustaining backers of No Persinium, who you can join at patreon.com slash no Persinium, are Ari Herstand, Brittany, Deborah Robinson, Elaine, Emily Gillette, Jay Bushman, David Basuk, Lonnie Hanson, Paul Farnell, Mark Baltazar, Samuel Mustry, Sidney Guillory, and Jan Budman. Thank you all for being the backbone of what we do here at the Immersive Experience Institute and with No Persinium. Our associate producer is Parker Sella. Music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. Special thanks to Siobhan O'Loughlin for voicing our intro. Catherine Yu is the executive editor of No Pro and handles our headlines. And the No Pro podcast is written, edited, hosted, produced, and mixed by yours truly, which means all the mistakes are mine. Until next time, I'll see you at the show. 